Want to do something a little bit different today with the plug, something we've been scheming over at Crack Rackets. As you guys know, we come up with some crazy shit, and so we like to float these ideas by you. Something we want to do to encourage you, the listener, you know, we always ask, leave us a five-star rating, leave us a five-star review, is we're, we're going to offer you a little incentive, offer you guys a chance to win some Crack Rackets gear. Ruffin, you want to explain how they can do that? Yeah, well, it, we obviously want more reviews for our podcast because we want to hear what you guys think and what you like about us. So if you leave a five-star review for us with your name, we will choose one of you at the end of each week to give some CR gear. We've got a lot of new stuff on the store. We've got three different kinds of shirts. We've got hats. We've got shock absorbers. And there's some more stuff coming in. So uh, you could be one of the lucky few to get kind of the, the first taste of uh, the new CR gear. So that's all you got to do is... Leave a five-star review, leave your name, and uh, we'll, we'll hit you in the DMs. Yeah, j- just to clarify, Twitter names, Instagram handles, if you don't have those, if you're an older listener, and older, I, I say that lovingly, we love our older listeners, you know, you want to throw in an email, we will find a way of getting in contact with you. We should also mention, it's specifically reviews for the Mini Break podcast. Of course, we ask you, Cracked Interviews podcast, Great Shot podcast, uh, What the Deuce podcast, go leave ratings, reviews, subscriptions for those as well. We'll try and get those going in the near future, but in specific, for the Mini Break, leave us your username, well, we will get back back to you we want to give you guys the gear we want to spread as much cracked rackets love as possible so we hope we are going to be able to do that by doing this little competition Welcome to the Mini Break by Cracked Rackets, your daily podcast for storylines, results, and controversy in the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, April 10th, and we are here for another pod in which primarily what we'll be doing is talking about the results down in Houston. That is, of course, the ATP 250 that is kicking off the clay court season. My name is Jamie McDonald, and I'll be your host for today. I've got my Wednesday regular with me. It's Matt Stokoyak. Matt, how's it going, man? What's up, Jamie? Back again for our regular weekly episode here so we got some houston to talk absolutely yes we do now it's good that you are the regular because you know as we've talked about in the past it's it's nice to have my set partner so you know going forward i won't even text you beforehand i'll just be like you know at like 9 p.m i'll just be like all right here we're going you know there won't even be anything in prior in the day just, so just be like hey man it's time clear your tuesday evenings from here just indefinitely okay <laughs> I think we can swing something there, man. No problem. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, like you said, a lot, lot to talk about in Houston. Um, listeners, there are a couple different ATP 250 events going on right now that you should keep your eye on. Um, there's some action down in Morocco at the Marrakech Tournament. And of course, the one we're going to be focusing on today is all of the fun action. Well, not so fun if you're an American fan on the home soil here down in Houston. Um, since we do like to focus on the American side of things, we'll be mainly taking a look at the Texas uh, Texas tennis. However, be sure to watch the 250 tournament that's going down um, in Morocco. As I mentioned, Zverev, Edmund, Sanga, Simone, they're all in that draw. So that's definitely a star-studded one and entertaining nonetheless if you have some time to watch that. But as promised, we'll get into Houston right now. Notable results from the round of 32. Uh, Matt, I know you and I talked a little bit before the pod that you had Gotten a chance to watch most of these from yesterday. So, leading off here, Bernie, good old Tomek taking out Kudla, 6-5. and five. What did you think of that match? 
Good old Bernie, man. He's back. No, no, I don't know. I mean, I really thought it was a missed opportunity for Kudla. The first set was tight. Um, you know, Bernie was able to sneak out in a breaker. It was all right tennis, uh, but really in the second set is where is where Kudla was. He should have been able to make his, his mark in the match, and he wasn't able to do it. He went up big, I think 3-0 uh, in the second set, and Bernie got in one of his moods where, you know, he, he doesn't look completely interested i know we've all seen that and and oh, that's yeah. what happened i mean he got down early kula was rolling a little bit in the second set and i thought dennis was going to be able to take advantage and just you know get the split there but all of a sudden he made some careless errors uh threw in some double faults just some some poor unforced errors and bernie got new life and and i think he just said hey well if you're if you're gonna hand this to me I'm going to take it. And so Bernie was able to come back and win that match in straight sets. Uh, tough match for Kudla. I thought it was a good opportunity for him to to yeah. win a match in, in in a 250 event, you know, on home soil, but just wasn't quite able to get it done. Yeah, and when you're playing someone like Tomic too, it's it, it's weird because there's there's a certain point where either it's really easy to finish him off or it's tough because you lose your focus when you're playing someone like that, you know? Like sometimes... I mean, you've seen it before. He'll just hand matches to people. If he loses the first set, it's like, yeah, screw it. You know, here, have a match. Yeah. Um, but other times, you know, it, it, it's like it feels like it's completely up to them. But you know, you could, like you said, definitely opportunity in that second set, and just seems like he lost focus. Which you know, that's occasionally that does happen when you're playing someone like Tomic. Weird style. Never really know what's going on in his head. Never know the attitude. But like you said, a missed opportunity for for the American there and. Another missed opportunity for American is, well, let's be real. That's a common theme we're going to be talking about across Houston. But another one who <laughs> goes down is, unfortunately, Fritz. Uh, Grenoliers takes him out 6-2, 4-6, What you see in this one? Yeah, yeah this – look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, Taylor Fritz played a poor match. He did not play well. I mean, there's just no way around it. Grenelliers, you know, he's a veteran guy. He's been around a while, likes to play on the clay, but he's one of those guys that isn't really going to do all that much to hurt you. And and the match was on Fritz's racket, but it looked like Grenelliers was really able to expose Fritz's movement, especially on the clay. He was hitting a lot of drop shots. Fritz wasn't moving forward very well. And then Taylor, just from the baseline, he didn't have his serve going. He didn't have his ground strokes popping. It was just one of those matches where, you know, I thought it was a great draw for, for Fritz. I thought he was going to take Grenelliers mm -hmm. out and, and make a run. But no, I mean, he just, it, it didn't look like he was ever comfortable in that match to me. And he just didn't play well. Yeah, no, that's definitely fair. And, and I think some of it too, you know, we'll, we'll get into this later when we talk about more American struggles is, how much of it do you think is just, you know, the American guys specifically, and, and a lot of guys who have been on tour right now, at least in the swing of the season, are just not in clay court form? How much of that is what's going on here? I think it's possible, but I, I don't know. I, clay court form is one thing, but when I'm watching these matches, you know, serving shouldn't have all that much to do with the surface, right? I mean, you hit your serve. It doesn't really matter. You know, if you're hitting your spots, the surface is, is irrelevant. You know, same thing when you've got ground strokes that are just sitting up in the middle of the court. I mean, it was it was just errors and, and certain points here and there that I, I thought, you know, regardless of surface, I mean, they could have been playing on ice. 
it just it wasn't <laughs> it, it just wasn't clean tennis you know sure no no i get yeah i get what you mean no it's definitely i mean i i just say it because like we said and we'll talk about one of the matches i got a chance to watch pretty much the whole thing of Tipsarovich and sandgren which of course just ended um it just, like you said, it didn't look like either of them were playing that great a tennis. And so I don't know how much of it is attributed to just not being, you know, fully into the clay court swing yet with weird bounces. But you're right. There's a lot that, you know, can't be attributed just to the surface that, that just wasn't good tennis, especially um, in that match um, in terms of Taylor Fritz's play, which is unfortunate to see because, like you said, he definitely had an opportunity in that section of the draw. But you know, another, you know, another guy we expect to especially see do well in the clay, Pablo Cuevas from Uruguay, goes out 4-6-6-4-6-2 to Garen. Um, did you get to catch Pablo in any of this match? Yeah, I mean, Pablo, he, you know, I think coming into this tournament, it's a bit of a sleeper, right? I mean, we thought yeah. he might be one of those guys that could make a deep run with his prowess on clay. But exactly. C- Christian Garen is also a guy, he's a young guy, you know, who, who yeah. really likes the clays from Chile. And he he played very well. I mean, the first set went to Pablo, and I thought, okay, you know, that's going to be a routine, you know, four and four match or whatever. But Garen was able to just dig in and really outlast Cuevas from the baseline. You know, they were just having some grinding rallies, I mean, over and over again. So, you know, I got to give credit to Garen here. I mean, he's a player that's on the rise, and I think we're going to see a little bit more of him, especially during this time of year on the clay court season. That's going to be where he has the most success, I think, for sure. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, It is unfortunate for Cuevas here because you definitely think this is a big opportunity for him. And look, that's the thing about these ATP 250 tournaments is a lot of these guys who, you know, hey, their ranking might not be as high as they want it to be. Certainly some of the veterans, you know, like Cuevas, he's what, probably, I think he's like 33. Yep. He's been much higher ranked than he is right now. Start of the clay season, this is exactly what he wants to get a jump on um, and just kind of has an unfortunate early exit right here. Um, but the lone, I guess, sort of silver lining for the Americans once we're getting back to positives here, not just negatives Ryan Harrison gets a win, you know, where it's not often we're talking about American men getting a win in this tournament, but Ryan Harrison's able to take out Evo Karlovich, Dr. Evo, three and four. Yeah, this was big time, actually. I, I got to give big credit to Ryan Harrison here. He played fantastic tennis. He was returning well. He was serving well. You know, if they did get into a baseline rally, it was like Ryan knew that he was going to win that point 10 out sure. of 10 times. I thought he played great all around. I mean, there's not even really one point of his game that I could, you know, pick apart and say, you know, maybe he could improve upon this. I thought all around he played fantastic. And if he can, you know, continue that form, I think he could definitely make a run here. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just like you said, as soon as he gets into the ground start points, and he knows this even before the first ball is served in this matchup. Luckily, he's on clay, so I think he probably has a few more opportunities to get into some, you know, some basic ground serve rallies with Karlovich. He knows that if he once he gets any sort of neutral standing from the baseline, he's good to go here. And so, if he's just even somewhat sharp from that end, he'll be fine. And that's exactly what he did. He took care of business in a three and four. I mean, I don't know if I would. Would you call this one? How routine do you think this was for Ryan? Oh, it was very routine. I watched this entire match. It was it was extremely routine. I mean, he just, he broke in each set. I I mean, it was like, man, he's out there just playing a routine match. Get it, get a break each set and hold your serve and get to the finish line. That's exactly what he did. It was, it was comfortable, a comfortable yeah. three and four. He was winning the whole time. 
Well, and anytime you, anytime you're able to break someone like Karlovich a couple times, you know, you got to be feeling pretty good, and it's at least you know some level of comfort there. You know, you you walk out of a three and four. I mean, breaking that guy or someone like Isner. I mean, that that's very difficult. So, like you said, you know, just a good day at the office. You know, yep. comes in, gets his break in one set, moves on to the next one, closes it out, done. So, um, best of luck to him as we see as we see one of the few American men advance, but. Unfortunately, as as we move on to today as well, or excuse me, for you listeners, this will be yesterday, April 9th, uh, Mackie McDonald goes out with a similar scoreline of three and four to, uh, to Laxonen. I don't know how to say that, honestly, do you? Yeah, Henry Laxonen, and he was- I was a, close. You were, you were close. That was, a, that was a good effort there, Jamie. Um, is the AA, is, should it really be something like a la? Or is it la, la, laxonen? I don't know. Well, he is- My Swiss. accent fails me. He is Swiss. I don't know. It probably is, but I'll, I'll go with Laxonen. Um, you know, this was a qualifier. I thought Mackey had a good chance, you know, once again here. We're talking about these Americans with with opportunities in the draw, and they just, you know, with the exception of Ryan Harrison, didn't seize it. Um, but Laxanen, you know, he had a couple of matches under his belt because he did qualify, so he was used to the court surface. And again, he just came out and he was a little bit stronger, and I felt like he got stronger as the match went on. Mackey started okay, but... You know, in the end, I just, this clay court tennis for these Americans, it's just so tough because it seems like their movement gets compromised a little bit. You know, they don't move as well on this surface as they do on a hardcore guys like Dennis Kudla and Mackie McDonald, who are terrific movers. I mean, that's really the strength of their game, but it seems like on clay that gets neutralized a little bit. And so then... You know, if you can neutralize their movement, what else do they have? They're not the biggest guys, so they're not going to overpower you with their serve. Their ground strokes aren't overpowering, so then it's just tough. But, yeah, for Mackey, I mean, I think he'll be disappointed because he probably looked at this at this draw as, an op, you know, an opportunity to go deep. He was seated and everything, so. No, I think that's fair. And, and this, this brings up an interesting question, too, because, you know, the next result I was going to bring up is Garcia Lopez taking out Noah Rubin. And you got to think for Noah Rubin, this is a pretty good opportunity, too, because Rubin's, I think, he's slightly inside the top 150 right now. I think he's 144 last time I looked. Um, and Garcia Lopez, who he had a matchup against earlier today, I believe falls in eh, – Top 120, I believe, 115, 113, somewhere around there. Yeah. So you got to think that's a good opportunity for him to win this. Unfortunately, even though he wins the first set in that breaker, he you know, loses the next two sets, 6-3 apiece. Um, like you said, is this just symptomatic of American players not being as comfortable on the clay? I mean, you look, he goes out to a Spaniard. Fritz also goes out to a Spaniard. I mean, is this, is this more of a case of these guys not playing clean matches or – is it more of a case of, hey, you're playing Spaniards who grew up playing on the clay. This You're more comfortable on a hard court. Your movement is hindered, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a combination of both, but it begs the question, right? I mean, if these matches were on hard courts, I'm taking Fritz over Granollers every single time. Well, yeah, I mean, Ruben over Garcia Lopez, Mackey over Laxanen. I mean, on hard courts... I'd favor the Americans in all of those matches. And really, even on clay coming into it, I was favoring the Americans. I thought they were going to have a good chance. So, yeah, it's definitely possible that this surface is just really, really tough. You've got to grind out matches 
And it's definitely different than playing on the hard courts. And, you know, all these guys have been doing all year is playing on hard courts. So maybe it'll take, you know, a couple of weeks for them to transition over to the clay, like you mentioned earlier. Well, yeah. And and two, I mean, the next, (laughs) the next result that that we've got on here as well, you know, Klon goes out four and four to Giraldo. Guess where he's from? He's from Columbia. And so you've got another guy. So and this is what's difficult about the clay court season, especially at the beginning. You know, this is kind of what I was alluding to with not quite being comfortable at this beginning of the swing. But, you know, I think that's a great point because it's like, geez, here's another result where, yeah, it might, if you're just looking at it on paper, might look unexpected. But, hey, if you've got people who are used to playing on this surface all the time versus people who are much more comfortable on a hard court coming in, you know, fresh into the clay court season, I mean, it's, it's not that all unexpected, but it is still disappointing for the American men. It is weird though, right? I mean, you would think at least one of these matches, you know, with the exception of Harrison over Dr. Evo, you would think who's 40. <laughs> for sure, who's 40, you would think that one yeah. of these other matches would have gone the Americans way. I mean, just on paper alone, I would I mean, I would have bet a serious amount of money if somebody had told me Kula, Fritz, Ruben, uh, Klon and Sandgren are all going to lose in the first round to, you know, their opponents, you know, I, I just, I wouldn't have bought it. I would have said, no way, man, no way. One of those guys is definitely going to win. Well, hey, and uh, well, we got to give some credit to the other American man who gets through here that we're going to talk about, Sam Query, but he gets through against an American. So <laughs> I don't know if that cancels it out or just means that it's he's slightly better on clay than another American for Tangelo. He takes him out in a three and four match earlier today. Um, and, and this was this this match definitely had its its good moments, but um, pretty comfortable from Query's end. You know, he he's gonna take care of serve. Especially I don't know if you watched that final game when he was closing it out. Man, he was serving super well. So he looks good and you know, as the commentators were also discussing this section from right now on to, I believe it was, I think they were saying Queens, like well through the clay court season, he's got like nothing to defend. So, you know, this is a wide open part of the season for Sam Query. Yeah, that's good. I mean, hopefully he can make a little bit of a run. I know his ranking has slipped a little bit. Uh, if he can get some wins under his belt on the clay, you know, we've got Monte Carlo coming up next week. That's a master's thousand. There's some big clay court events uh, within the next couple of months. So if, if he can make some headway there, uh, he's got a chance to get his ranking back up, which is great. Yeah. I think I think he can do it. But even on the clay, he's going to have to play first strike tennis. I mean, he's going to have to serve well and go big off the next ball because he's not going to want to get into grinding rallies with guys on the clay. I mean, that's not Sam's strength. So sure. he, if he plays his game, you know, and is able to dictate with his serve and then next ball – then I like his chances. Absolutely. And, and you know, like you said, his serve is so good, and, you know, he can really hit through some of these clay courts as well, and he's going to get free points off that if he's playing, you know, anywhere near the level that we know he can. But it's interesting when we talk about Sam Query because, you know, you often forget, and honestly I had forgotten until not too long ago when I was just kind of looking at his ranking. You know, right now he's listed at 71. Like I mentioned, he doesn't have that many points to defend from this sort of section of the calendar, which is good for him. He has a chance to get that ranking back up. In 2018, in February 2018, he got up to number 11 in the world. Yeah, that was after, was that after Acapulco, maybe? He made a run there. Um, 
I, I remember that. I mean, he was playing fantastic tennis. That was in in frantic February. Yeah. Um, you know, on the hard courts, he was he was playing great, and so he clearly, I mean, he has the ability. He's just one of those guys where, you know, sometimes he plays a match and it's like, whoa, like what is Sam doing out there? I mean, it's just a head scratcher, but I mean, he's obviously got a massive game. I mean, if he serves well and can dictate with that forehand, he's lethal. And so, you know, going into the clay, I I still, he's going to have to keep that aggressive game plan if he wants to do well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the last unfortunate American result that we will talk about before, you know, everybody gets too depressed here. Uh, Tipsarevich and Sandgren just finished off and got off the court right before we hopped on the pod. Um, Tipsarevich did end up finishing him off one and six. Disappointing for Sandgren, especially in that first set. I mean, that was, it was pretty ugly. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really, did he show up? I mean, it did, it didn't seem like it. it. It seemed like he was kind of sleeping in that first set there. And, then all of a sudden, I, I thought he woke up. He, he goes up three three zero four one five two in the second set, and I'm like, okay, he's getting it going. He's gonna come back now. They're gonna split, and and you know, Sandgren will take it in the third. But then it's like he falls back into the trap of of just some terrible unforced errors, a couple of double faults, and and Tipsarevich took full advantage. And I do want to say it's great to see Yanko Tipsarevich back on the court. I mean, he's had a lot of lot of injury issues. He's always been one of those guys that's been fun to watch. He's a little past his prime now, but still, it's good to see him back out there. But again, I mean, just a missed opportunity for tennis. Um, you know, he he made the finals of this this event last year and lost to Steve Johnson. So he's losing some points. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not a good look for him and. Again, I mean, I say missed opportunity. How many times have I said that on this podcast, man? I yeah, mean, I know, right? <laughs> but it's the truth, right? I mean, it's like all True. all these guys, it was set up for them, and they just haven't gotten it done. So, I mean, hopefully for these Americans, they can just kind of flush it and say, you know what, that was just – I played a bad match, bad tournament, you know, on to the next one. And because all these guys have the ability to play well, it's just for some reason for at sure. this tournament, they didn't bring it, with the exception of Ryan Harrison, who played great. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it's it begs the question when we do talk about, you know, the Americans on this surface. You know, we're looking at this, of course, you know, we, we talked about last year, especially at this tournament specifically. Of course, Stevie had a good amount of success, um, played some great tennis. Who's the American man this year to sort of carry the flag in the clay court season, do you think? Oh, I mean, I still think it could be John Isner even though he had to pull out of Houston with his with his foot injury. But, I mean, if he can come back, and I heard yesterday that his injury wasn't as bad as some people thought that it might be, so I think he's going to be back. I just don't know at what point. But, I mean, really, mm-hmm. out of everybody, I don't know if I have confidence really in anybody else at the moment. I mean, Isner did make the finals of Miami. I know that's a hardcore tournament, but I just feel like he was playing better than – you know, some of the rest of these guys. And on clay, we talked about how Sam Query can use his serve and forehand like that. I think Isner can do the same. Maybe, I I, I want to say Steve Johnson because he won Houston last year or the last two years. He plays tomorrow. We'll see what he can do. But he's just had a, I mean, for lack of a better word, a, a terrible year so far. I don't have the confidence in him yet, but maybe if he can come through in Houston and possibly win that tournament and defend his title again, 
then he might be the guy to carry the American flag. But I don't know, man. It's it's a tough question. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that's fair. I mean, like we said, you know, we haven't gotten to see Stevie in action yet um, at this tournament because he got the bye and he, he is the one seed and the defending champ. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch for sure. I mean, one guy I think also we need to give some sort of acknowledgement to here is also TFO. I mean, not only just because of how he's done previously in this year, he's obviously playing some pretty good tennis, but also just the way he's able to you know, control points from the ground and has that big serve, incredibly athletic and can move around the court. I, he's, he's got a lot of different tools that he can sort of pull out when he's on a clay court. And so I, I do look to see some success from him as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough to sort of pinpoint who, who we think is going to be the best American on clay, especially, especially after, you know, some early results like this in Houston, it's, uh, it's a bit grim to start grasping at that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree though with, with the Francis Tiafo uh, pick that you made. I mean, I think, you know, his movement and everything, I do think he has some tools to be successful on clay. So hopefully we can see him soon. Yeah, no, for sure. And and like you said with Stevie, I mean, as we move into, you know, sort of the matches we want to watch, is Stevie slotted to play tomorrow or is yeah, it Thursday? Yeah, I think, I tomorrow, I think he plays tomorrow. Draw. Okay. Oh, well, that'll be good then because, you know, his his matchup is also against another Colombian man. So, <laughs> yeah, let's see. We're going to get we're going to get tough tests here. Every American's having to play, you know, a South American guy right off the That that should be that should be the test. They should just set up a tournament where they'll be like, "All right, if you're an American, you have to play somebody from Colombia or you know Brazil or Uruguay, and you have to see if you can win a match. <laughs> hey, I mean, there's only one way to get better, right? And that's to beat the guys that like playing on clay. If you want to improve as a clay court player, these are the kind of guys that you got to beat. So, I mean, it's good. It's good to play them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, as we talk about you know upcoming matches, I think of course I'm going to be wanting to watch Stevie how he's doing. You know, on on the last pod that you and I were on, we we did talk about. Stevie a little bit and sort of, you know, where he's been, how he's been a little bit quiet. And so hopefully he can sort of ramp it up once he gets, you know, on a comfortable surface. And of course, at a comfortable place where he is now, he's, he's done, he's had so much success here. Um, the other one, though, I'm going to be looking for Tomek and Grenoliers. I think this is a really interesting dynamic in this match because, you know, we saw some, we saw some really good flashes of Bernie in that match. But then, like you said, you've got someone who's, a veteran of the tour on a clay court, and he's going to grind. And so you got to wonder mentally, you know, is Tomek going to be there for this match and stick it through? Or is this just going to be one of those where he kind of just throws in the towel if he gets down a break and it's like, eh, whatever. It's not worth my time. What do you think the over-under is on drop shots in this match? Good God. I, like 40? <laughs> I, it's ridiculous. It's I was like, going to say, I think, it could be, I think it could be 40. I mean, these guys... I, with as many as Grenoliers threw in against Fritz, and we know yeah, he did. We know Bernie can throw him in. I mean, I could see a ton of droppers in this match. It'll be it'll be interesting. I have no idea who's gonna win. Yeah, well, that's the thing with trying to you know look at these matches. It's honestly some of these are fun for me to watch solely because. I don't know what I'm getting into, and yeah, it could be you know it could be a bad investment. Say you turn it on and you know. Tomic's just out there tanking, and it's like, all right, well, this wasn't worth my time. But it, it's kind of exciting in the sense that you really don't know what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I agree. I mean, and that's what makes it fun, too. So hopefully, exactly. hopefully Bernie can show up. I mean, now that he's in the second round, he should figure, hey, Granollers, that's an opportunity to make a quarterfinal of a of an ATP yeah, exactly. tournament. So 
I mean, right. I, I think he'll show up. I do. Well, that's well, yeah. We we can always hope. You know, we can always hope that the talented, but maybe not always mentally right there guys show up because um, of course that just makes the game of tennis that much stronger. But you know, other guys to watch who will be in action. You know, of course, Shardy Harrison is going to be taking on Loxanen. Um, Opelka will also be in action. Opelka is an interesting one on the clay. You know how how do you think he fares just generally compared to the hard court season making that switch over? I mean, I don't think he's going to be quite as good on the clay as he is on the hard, but I think his game can translate, obviously, because, again, the serve. I mean, the serve doesn't have all that much to do with the service. He's just going to get up to the line and smack aces. So, I mean, if he can have the serve going, he's going to be in, in matches. He's, yeah, and he, He's going to have to avoid, you know, getting into rallies with guys. I mean, so I think if if his serve does get returned, he'll have to go big. Kind of the Sam Query formula, right? I mean, it's similar. Right. And if he can sure. do that, I mean, I think he's got a good shot. But it all starts with the serve and then, you know, going big off that next ball. And I think, I mean, at the very least, tiebreakers, right? For sure. Well, and, and this is an interesting thing on the clay for me with Opelka's. He's still so young that... I think the clay court season is just a really important developmental sort of stage for him. It's because, you know, if he can learn how to win points from the ground just even a little bit more, because like you said, he already just has such a phenomenal base with that serve. He's going to get to breakers. He just is. You know, and he's going to hold serve. He just is. So the more and more he's able to just sprinkle in points that he can win and wrestle away from others, you know, from starting at a relatively neutral place in the point, he's just going to make his game better and better. So to me, I'm going to be looking for his clay court season. I'm going to be looking at it with quite a bit of scrutiny because I, I think it's more important that some people might lead on. I think some people might see it and be like, hey, it's on the clay court. You know, it's, it's not his best surface yada yada it'll be fine but for me I think it's really important for him to try and develop this especially because he is in the early stages of his career and you know at this point his game I mean his game can really be I mean not that it can be anything I mean obviously we know what his game's going to look like but his ground strokes can get so much better and so can his movement yeah no I definitely agree I mean and, and I've always said a lot of people have this mindset if you can play on clay your game can translate to other surfaces so if, sure. he, if he learns how to play on clay and learns how to win on clay, then that's only going to help him on the hard grass courts. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Well, the last match, or at least people that I will explicitly say to watch for tomorrow, and you know, of course, I have to hop back out of Houston here, taking you back over to Morocco, the round of 16 down over there. Edmund and Sanga are squaring off, and I know it's not in our Houston, but it's just too good of a matchup to not mention. I think that's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, that's juicy. That's definitely that's a popcorn match there, especially in a 250 event. Exactly. I think I think Sanga on clay probably has an advantage. Um, Edmund, you know, Edmund can absolutely crush the ball. I think I think he'd rather have that matchup maybe on a hard court. I think yeah. I think Sanga. I mean, Sanga's been playing pretty good. If I have to take a pick in that one, I think I'll go with with Joe Willie Sanga in that one. But yeah, I I think really? I, I think I will. I think I will. But I don't know. For me, yeah. If I'm if I'm picking right now, I'm taking Edmund. Okay. He's looked pretty good, even on the hard courts. I know it's it's a surface that at least he's not going to be quite as comfortable on, probably. But Sanga, I mean, I just. He's been on the way back, but we just haven't. I, for me, I haven't seen enough from him recently 
to prove that he's ready to just win these sort of matches against people who have been in pretty good form. I mean, Song is outside the top 100. You know, he's, what, 33 now? I don't know. I just, I, I got to see more from him in terms of recent results to be able to have the confidence to all back All right, him all right. That's fair. I mean, he's definitely not at the level, you know, that he used to be prior sure. know, to all the injuries. But I think, I think he's actually playing pretty well right now. I don't know. You may be surprised in that matchup tomorrow. Maybe not. I mean, Edmund could smack him, but... I, I don't know. I mean, hopefully it's just it's a great match all around. Maybe it goes three sets and and we yeah. get we get a good one. So, um, for sure. Well, no, you are right. He is he is not number five in the world in 2012, Mr. Song no, anymore. No. Um, but hopefully we do get to see some flashes of that. Um, regardless, I guess we will find out at some point tomorrow uh, who's right and who's wrong. But <laughs> and I'm sure that I you know give me. You got to cut me some slack if I'm wrong, okay? You know, we can't be rubbing it in each other's faces too much. <laughs> oh, man, the, the Gruskin treatment, right? Exactly. It's brutal out there. But, uh, well, anyway, I'm looking forward to it for sure. But, Matt, just want to thank you again for hopping on with me. And what do we say to our listeners? That's a break. All righty. Thank you. And I will for sure get you next time. Everybody, thanks for listening. I'll see you.